L.L. Bean has partnered with the National Park Foundation to help you find your happy place. And with more than 400 national parks, there's a good chance you'll find one close to home. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. In the town of Vincennes, Indiana, stands the largest Beaux Arts style monument on an American battlefield outside Washington, D.C. It sits on the former site of Fort Sackville to commemorate a little known battle with tremendous stakes. A rarely told story that increased the size of our country dramatically. I'm Jason Epperson, and on this episode of America's National Parks, the George Rogers Clark National Historical Park. Here's Abigail Trebu. Rogers Clark was born on November 19, 1752, near Charlottesville, Virginia, the hometown of Thomas Jefferson. He was the second of ten children of John and Anne Rogers Clark, who were of English and Scottish ancestry. Five of their six sons became officers during the American Revolutionary War. Their youngest son, William, wasn't yet old enough to fight, but later found fame as one half of the Lewis and Clark expedition. George Clark had little formal education. When he was old enough, he lived with his grandfather who trained him to be a surveyor. In 1771, at age 19, Clark left home for his first surveying trip into Western Virginia. The following year, he made his first trip into Kentucky and spent the next two years surveying the Kanawha River region, as well as learning about the area's natural history and customs of the various tribes of Indians who lived there. Clark's military career began in 1774 when he was appointed as a captain in the Virginia militia. He was preparing to lead an expedition of 90 men down the Ohio River when hostilities broke out between the Shawnee and white settlers. Although most of Kentucky was not inhabited by Indians, tribes such as the Shawnee, Cherokee, and Seneca used the area for hunting. A judge from North Carolina had purchased much of Kentucky from the Cherokee through an illegal treaty, and tribes in the Ohio country who had not been party to the treaty were angry. Kentucky hunting grounds had been ceded to Great Britain without their approval. As a result, they tried to resist encroachment by the white settlers, but were unsuccessful. As the Revolutionary War broke out in the East, Kentucky settlers became involved in a dispute about the region's sovereignty due to Judge Henderson's treaty. Henderson intended to create a proprietary colony known as Transylvania. 
but many Kentucky settlers did not recognize Transylvania's authority over them. In June of 1776, the settlers selected Clark and John Gabriel Jones to deliver a petition to the Virginia General Assembly, asking Virginia to formally extend its boundaries to include Kentucky. Clark and Jones traveled the Wilderness Road to Williamsburg, where they convinced Governor Patrick Henry to create Kentucky County, Virginia. Clark was given 500 pounds of gunpowder to help defend the settlements and was appointed a major in the Kentucky County Militia. By 1777, the Revolutionary War had intensified and the Continental Army could spare no man, leaving the defense of Kentucky entirely to the local population. Clark spent several months defending settlements as a leader in the Kentucky County Militia while developing his plan for a long-distance strike against the British. His strategy involved seizing British outposts north of the Ohio River to destroy British influence among their Indian allies. Clark and his men fought several battles in the ensuing years. But in February 1779, now Colonel George Rogers Clark made a bold military maneuver that would forever change the face of our nation. After taking British-held garrisons in Illinois country, Clark received word that the British had taken control of Fort Sackville in the French town of Vincennes in present-day Indiana. If Clark had waited until spring, meeting a larger British force in the open could have spelled disaster for his mission. Taking initiative, Clark marched 175 American frontiersmen through Illinois and the flooded Wabash River in winter, through melting snow, ice, and cold rain. They arrived at Vincennes on February 23rd, where the hungry and cold frontiersmen made contact with French allies. Together, they launched a surprise attack on Fort Sackville, which was under the command of British Governor Henry Hamilton. Hamilton surrendered the garrison on February 25th and was captured in the process. The winter expedition was Clark's most significant military achievement and became the basis of his reputation as an early American military hero. The taking of Fort Sackville was among the most important revolutionary battles west of the Appalachians. The violence on the frontier eased for a time during the revolution because of Clark's actions, and an area one-third the size of the original 13 colonies went to the United States at the end of the war. This area, known as the Old Northwest Territory, eventually became the states of Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, and the eastern parts of Minnesota. This was the first step to the United States' expansion west and foreshadowed the larger territory that George's little brother, William Clark, would explore with Meriwether Lewis 25 years later.
While nothing remains of the original fort, the people of Indiana petitioned the government to build a monument on the former site of the fort along the Wabash River in the 30s. President Franklin Roosevelt attended the grand opening of the memorial in 1936, and a visit from President Lyndon Johnson welcomed the site into the National Park Service in 1966. The interior rotunda includes a statue of George Rogers Clark by Herman McNeil and seven 28-foot-tall murals by Ezra Winter, telling the story of Clark and his men. In the Park Visitor Center, you can find exhibits and the park film Long Knives. The park is part of a community of historical sites and museums that tell stories spanning over 250 years. One of the best times to visit is during the Spirit of Vincennes Rendezvous on Memorial Day weekend. Over 400 living history demonstrators camp at or near the park. The demonstrations and talks allow visitors of all ages the chance to step back to the Indiana frontier during the late 18th century. This episode of America's National Parks was written by me, Jason Epperson, and narrated by Abigail Trebu. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to hit subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group, which now boasts over 30,000 members. We'll link to all of our social media as well as National Park Service resources in the show notes at nationalparkpodcast.com. The America's National Parks podcast is part of the RV Miles network of web resources for United States travelers. If you're interested in RV travel, give us a listen over at the RV Miles podcast or check out our new See America podcast that brings to you great road trip destinations from around the country. You can also follow the full-time travels of Abigail and I with our three boys over at OurWanderingFamily.com. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks.